I'm going to talk to you today. I just want to ask you one really important question starting out. What is in your mouth? What is in your mouth? Now, if you ask that at different stages in life, you're going to get different answers. A little baby, what's in your mouth, sweetie? Well, it might be a pacifier, it might be a bottle. Yeah, and then the little they get a little bigger. What's that in your mouth, honey? Well, it might be a lollipop or macaroni and cheese. I don't think I've ever seen a little toddler that didn't like macaroni and cheese. And then you ask a teenager what's in your mouth. They ain't going to tell you. Only God knows, and he's not sharing. But what's in your mouth? And I'm so glad that you initiated this whole thing today because you led right into what I'm going to talk about. When you reach the age of accountability and until you leave this world, what's in your mouth is a matter of life and death. God said, and did everybody get one of these papers with scriptures on it? Because we don't have the, we don't have the, uh, screen today because Jerry Lee's not here to run it. But I, I, I jump around to so many different scriptures, I just went ahead and printed them off. But God said in Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he tells you how to choose. He says, therefore... Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The two most important ways that we choose life, number one, by obedience to God and his word, and number two, by the words we speak. God has said all kinds of wonderful things, but if we go around trash-mouthing, You know, we're not going to partake of all those wonderful things. Every single day of our life, we decide to embrace good or evil, blessing or cursing by the words of our mouths. Proverbs 18.21, your second scripture there. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it. For death or life. I taught my grandkids. They would walk around and say, Proverbs 18:21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And uh, I pounded that into them. I pounded that into them when they were little. When we indulge in any conversation, any and every conversation, we are releasing Either life or death, blessing or cursing. Every conversation, bear none. I want to share a story with you about the importance of words. I'm just going to read this. Calumet, Michigan. When you first hear the details behind the 1913 Italian Hall disaster, the tragedy seems too terrible to be real. Imagine a crowded Christmas Eve party a large social hall, 
at the heart of the Upper Peninsula's Copper County. Most of the guests are union workers and their families, glad for some holiday cheer because they've been on strike, a labor strike for five months. Someone falsely yells, fire! And hundreds of people on the second floor cause a stampede down a steep stairwell as they all try to get outside. Seventy-three people died on those stairs. Fifty-nine of them were children. The youngest was just two years old, and there was never any fire. Wow. One word. One word. One word spoken in truth or one word spoken in falsehood. Falsehood can set you up. Can set you up. You know, people say, well, I'll just tell them this or I'll just say that or I'll just cheat a little bit here. I'll just do that. You know what? You say, oh, I got a bargain by doing No, you didn't. You just gave the devil a right to destroy your life. Because who is the father of lies? Satan. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it doesn't even have to be anything as dramatic as a lie or or a deception in a business deal or, or, or misrepresentation. It can just be casual wrong words that releases satanic power into our lives. Conversation is costly, and it is reviewed by God for proper content. Matthew 12, 36 and 37, your third scripture. But I say unto you that every, everybody say every, every. idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Man, that is some heavy stuff. Every Every idle word? Oh, Lord. I understand why David said, set a watch before my mouth. Keep guard the door of my lips. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. What is an idle word? It's a Greek word, ardos. And it means not busy, idle inactive, doing nothing, sterile, casual, or careless. But you know what? Sometimes you find out you just don't have a whole lot to say after all. (laughs) If you're going to give an account of every idle word in the day of judgment, you know, maybe maybe I didn't need to tell that after all or say that after all. I might have got a laugh out of it, but Woo, if I'm going to have to give an account for it in the day of judgment, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, if you grew up spiritually in the word of faith, like Pastor Walt and I did, uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland is our spiritual daddy. Uh, we worked with his ministry for, what, seven years, I think. And um, you learn, you learn the importance of words. He will stress that. You don't say, I can't to Kenneth Copeland. Cause you, unless you want a sermon. I mean, that's out of his staff. He doesn't just run around 
correcting people in the mall or, you know, with that, that kind of thing. There, there was a group of people that came up out of the word of faith. What I like to call them confession mongers. They uh, run around and it's like anytime anybody says anything that's not lined up with the word of God, they, they kind of take this uh, superior and somewhat sarcastic stance and say, is that your confession? Say, no, my confession is I'm going to smack your chops. <laughs> oh, forgive me, Lord. I can't do that. But that's what it makes you feel like, you know. In, um, I'm not talking about confession mongers. But you know what? If we make a covenant with one another, hey, let's let's watch our words, well, maybe with your husband or your wife. It's got to be on careful grounds, though, because you can say something right at the wrong time, and it just blow up in your face. But, you know, we do need to watch our words. Oh, there is such importance in the in the use of words. Um, and in this day and age, I'm sorry to say that a lot of the people that we grew up with under the word of faith, they're not even watching their words anymore. They just spit out any old thing. They talk about their problems. They they whine and cry and say how everything's going under. And, all, you know, it's like. Who gets power to work with that when you talk like that? The devil is the one who gets that empowers him to work. I and I don't I don't live a life with my head buried in the sand. I know what's going on, but you know what? I choose to rejoice in the Lord. I choose to speak the word of God. I think that what he says has the ability to change what I can see, don't you? We cannot just Throw off restraint and self-control and run around just talking any old way we want to. Um, one night, me and my friend were out, and I was driving her car. And um, we got pulled over for speeding. And uh, I, you know, I didn't think 80 and a 40 was all that fast. After all, it was late at night, you know, didn't seem all that fast to me, didn't even realize I was going 80 and a 40, but I guess it was, and so, you know, that sinking feeling when you see red lights, blue lights, one of each, whatever you have where you live, in in your mirror, and you say, oh my, and you pull over, so I pull over, and the officer comes up and says, do you realize I clocked you? going 80 and a 40, and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize I was going that fast. Um, I wouldn't have thought it a mile over 60. (laughs) But anyway, I'm just being like all respectful, which if you have a brain in your head, don't run your mouth when you're talking to the police officer. Just let him be right if you need to fight it in court later. But if he's going to give you one ticket you start running your mouth, you're probably going to get three. So just be cool. Be cool. So I'm being cool. I knew I was wrong. And I was being polite. And, and the officer was asking me some questions and stuff. And he said, is this your car? I said, no. This is my friend's car. And um, he said, uh, he looked at me. He said, do you realize that I could write you a ticket for speeding. And he looked over at Judy, my friend, and said, and I could write you a ticket for permitting a violation. And 
Judy says, you can't do that. I looked over at her and I said, shut your mouth, Judy. You never tell a cop they can't. Well, he heard me say that to her and it kind of diffused the situation because he had already made the decision that he wasn't going to write me a ticket. But if she's going to run her mouth in order to write her a ticket for permitting a violation, he would have had to write me one for speeding. And so we've both been in a heap of trouble. But fortunately, that got diffused when he realized I shut her up. Anyway, you want to hear the rest of the story? You want to hear how I got out of the ticket? I took the life sentence and I married him (laughs) 50 years ago. (laughs) He was the cop. He was the cop. It was a, it was a great decision. Great decision. The fruit of the Spirit, or we could say the offspring of the Spirit, is found in the book of Galatians. Galatians 4, your fourth scripture. Uh, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, and I just got to stop on this fits of rage for a minute. This is a true story, another cop story. In Indiana, an officer that my husband was on, on the sheriff's department with him covered an incident. It's Thanksgiving. Everybody's happy. We're all having turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie, right? Well, he gets a call to a house on Thanksgiving Day. Long story short. Everybody's at the table. There's two brothers that are at the table, and there's only one turkey leg left. Well, they both want the turkey leg. And they get in a knockdown, drag-out fight over the turkey leg, and one brother shoots and kills the other one. That's a fit of rage right there. Then you know he regretted that later. I mean, come on. But see, rage just builds. If we don't have practice self-control, you know, if, if we, oh, it might start with I can just spout off this or spout off that or pout or stomp off. No, it grows because it's a spirit. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I want to tell you that I have learned to develop patience, but it wasn't easy. I don't think patience is all that easy. I really don't. And I remember in my the first book I ever wrote, I, I used an illustration about two buzzards sitting on a telephone wire and looking at each other and saying, Patience, my backside. Only they didn't say backside. Patience, my backside. I'm gonna kill some. And I felt, I think that's how I kind of was. It's like, I didn't want to wait. I'm gonna do something. I'm take control of this situation. I'm gonna make something happen. I, I didn't have a whole lot of patience. But thank goodness, what I was lacking in the fruit of the spirit 
he has. And as you yield your life to him, you begin to see his personality develop in you. 20, verse 23, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Our words, our attitude, our temper, it all is an outward display of how much of the fruit of the Spirit is really developed within us. We can't justify ourselves for wrong words and wrong actions because we will come before God, but we can come before God and receive his forgiveness for those things by the power of the blood of Jesus, which perpetually cleanses us from sin. Amen? Perpetually cleanses us from sin. He didn't just clean you up once and say, now you're on your own, sugar. He perpetually cleanses us by his blood. If you repeatedly have anger issues, I would really suggest this, and I've done this many times. Have your communion elements ready. Take whatever it is that you can't get over or or whoever you're mad at. Take it and and go before the Lord and say, I forgive them, Lord. You forgive me. I, I forgive them. And I just take this, this body, this, this bread and this wine. I use grape juice. This bread and this grape juice. And I, I believe that you're cleansing me and I receive your cleansing. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes in our own, it's hard to get over some stuff sometimes, particularly if somebody really hurts you. But you can take it before God and leave it there. When the axe is laid to one wrong tree in our life, whatever that would be, an attitude or a habit or whatever it would be, when that axe is laid to the root of that tree, you'll be amazed at how many other things fall down. I remember a lady who just couldn't get her healing, couldn't get her healing, couldn't get her healing. And she finally had to admit that she had unforgiveness in her life towards her mother-in-law. Once she laid that down, all so many things in her life that she was dealing with just fell into place. One stronghold removed in our life can empower us to overcome things that we have dealt with for years. It can also release a greater power into us and into our ministries. Some things have to be held back until we're ready. You don't give the keys of your car to your 10-year-old. But when they've grown and they've proven themselves responsible, you'll entrust them with more. And walking in the authority of God and the glory of God requires a certain level of maturity. I remember when we were young in ministry praying this prayer, Lord, never let my ministry grow faster than my character. Because I've seen too many terrible situations where the ministry grew faster than the character of the people involved. And God's looking for people who put their mouths in wisdom and will use self-control. James 5, your fifth scripture, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. We've all read about forest fires. Just somebody threw a match or a cigarette out the window of a car and whole mountain ranges and towns burned up from it. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. 
For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Except by the power of the Holy Spirit. It, no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? There's no sp- thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. The sixth scripture. For where envying and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil are there. But the wisdom, here's how you can tell. We all like to think we're wise, right? I mean, we've been, there's nobody in here that's, that's, you know, 13 or younger right now. We like to think we've lived a few years on this earth and we have accumulated some wisdom, right? Okay. But the, verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. I could preach on every one of these. Full of mercy. Good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Often we may wonder we are not why we are not moving ahead as fast as we think we should. I'll tell you what to do. I'm going to give you an experiment. When you go home, go get your mirror. Look yourself in your tutu eyeballs. Stick out your tongue. And say, could that be my problem? Could it be? Could that be my problem? (laughs) The seventh scripture. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. The eighth scripture. Verily, verily, Jesus said. I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And that's how he expects us to live. Doing the works that he did and even greater works. When our words are in subjection to God, his works will be operative in our lives. With words, Jesus calmed the sea. Hallelujah. With words, he casts out demons. With words, he releases healing. With words, he raised the dead. With words, God created the world. Just one faith-filled, spirit-breathed word from your mouth could transform your entire life. Or touch someone else. Our daughter, Julie, homeschools her children. And um, one day they were homeschooling at uh, Starbucks. Well, you know, kids can get restless. They can get restless in the classroom. They can get a little more restless when mom's training them. They think they can pull more stuff. So uh, the grandkids' names are Elijah and Grace. Well, Grace is usually the one who, he wants to look out the window or, Sing a song or, or whatever. She doesn't want to pay attention. She's like her mama. Um, 
And Elijah's more serious. He's more, he, he, if they sit down to do their homework, Elijah will be done. Grace will be wandering around the house and Julia have to keep calling her back. Sit down, finish your homework, finish your homework. Anyway, they're at Star Wars, they're at Star Wars. <laughs> they're at Starbucks doing homeschooling. And Elijah is like, they've been there for a while and Elijah is all distracted. And, uh, he just seems fidgety and, Finally, he just gets up and leaves the table, and he walks to the other side of the room, and he walks to an elderly lady who's sitting there alone. This story almost makes me cry every time I But he goes up to her, and he says, can I give you a hug? And she says, yeah. And he puts his arms around her and hugs her. Well, Julie gets up. Of course, you know, here's your kid on the other side of the room hugging a stranger. He gets up to see what's what's the deal here. And when she walks over there, she said, your son asked me if he could hug me. And she said, no one has even touched me in years. Can I hug you? Simple little phrase, right? But it meant the world to her. It meant the world to her. It, we're living in a time when it's vitally important that every man and woman of God will speak with the authority of God. Another story. Uh, Pastor Walt, the last three, was it three years that you were on Sheriff's Department? You were in chaplain's division. He worked as a chaplain. And there was a young man in the jail who had attempted suicide. And they sent him to the hospital. He was a, a homosexual. Um, they sent him to the hospital. And when he was released from the hospital, they brought him back to his cell. And Pastor Walt went to see him. And so, um, he's, you know, the boy started telling, the young man started telling him his story. He's like, well, he's like, my siblings, my brother, my sister, and I, our parents sex trafficked us from the time we were little bitty kids. And he said, uh, my brother and my sister have already committed suicide. And he said, I've, I've, I've tried it and failed. He said, um, did, he starts talking about God. And he's like, I went to a minister once when I was going through that. And he sexually assaulted me too. Yeah, yeah. And so he just continued to share the love of Jesus with him. The the man had never heard about the salvation of Jesus. He had never heard the gospel. His life was hopeless. But his words, the man's life was transformed. His hopelessness was gone. And he found out that Jesus was his solution. Our words, people out there are hanging on the prefaces of, of just falling into hell. And we've got words that we need to give them. Our words carry weight in sharing Jesus, in prayer with God, in praise to God. In intercession for our families and our nation. You know, nothing can be more frustrating than your family. It's like, oh, I thought they were improving. Oh, they're nuts again today. Oh, then, you know, it's like, 
it's kind of your emotions run the gambit with your family. But speaking the word of God and praying and interceding for them, that's where you need to be. Because every day things can change. Even in our nation, words carry weight in healing the sick, the hurting, and the tormented. In declarations of faith. And my last scripture, and I'm just about finished here. The ninth scripture, Matthew 16, 19. And I will give unto thee. Say, that means me. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever. Thou shalt loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I told you, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago when I ministered here about a vision that um, God gave Pastor Walt. And he was just laying in his bed. And all of a sudden, he was raised up out of his bed. And he was lift in, in a vision. And he was looking down. At the earth. And it. He was so far up that it looked like this. It looked like just like he was up here looking down at it. And God said. I have given my people. Power. Actually, he said it made it personal. Didn't he? I have given You, but that means all of us. I have given you power over earth. And you're not using it. You're not using it. Anywhere you can spin it. China, do you have authority? Can you bind and loose in China? Is there spiritual power in your words over China? What about Afghanistan? The words are powerful. Where is sickness and disease? On On the earth. Anything that's on this earth, we have authority over. We have authority over to bind, to loose. And whatever you bind or loose, on earth will be bound in heaven. That's the kind of trust and authority God has in us. Man, I've dropped the ball too many times, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And I just want to tell you here today, I don't know what kind of need you may be facing in your life, but whatever it is, You're still on this earth. So your problems are still on this earth. If it's financial, the money is in the earth. Whatever you need, it's here waiting for your words to bind it or loose it. Let's just lift our hands right now. I feel the presence of God here. Go ahead and put that music on, Jerry, that altar music. In the name of Jesus, Father, we first of all, 
We just repent for idle words that we've spoken, God. Lord, forgive us and cleanse us by your blood. We thank you. God, help us to be aware of the importance to scrutinize what's in our mouths and what should come out and what shouldn't come out, God. Lord, just do a work in us today. And Father, if there's, if there's sickness or pain in our bodies, in Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name, we just say that by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. We are healed. We are healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for Kathy. God, I thank you that she's had this surgery. She's back on her feet now. And I just pray that every trace of of pain or irritation or anything that might not be other that would be other than perfect health in her, I just send the word in Jesus' name. By Jesus stripes she is healed. She is healed. She is healed. Do you guys have a son? What's his name? Two sons. Is there one that you've been praying for specifically more than the other or both equal or what would you say? Equal. What's their names? Gary and Sam. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just send the word to Gary and Sam, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, take them to a realm and a dimension and an experience with you like they have never known. God, give them right relationships, open doors for them, Lord, and we break the power of any wrong words, wrong relationships, anything that was Satan, that Satan would have to hinder them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't, I don't know you guys' history. I don't know anything about you. I just met you when you walked through the door this morning. But I see the power of God on you. I see the presence of Jesus on you. And I know that God wants to use you in an extraordinary way. And you've, you've seen some things in the past. And, and you're going to see some more. You're going to see some more. You're going to see some more. I mean, some more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for this couple, God. I just release them into that which you have destined for them, God, in Jesus' name. See, God is positioning and repositioning people in the earth today to put them into the most strategic places where they can be for his kingdom. Just be listening. Be listening to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victoria, would you come up here a minute? God has seen your childlike faith. He's seen his joy in your heart. He has heard the desires that you've put before him. And 
He is ready to catapult you into a realm of influence for his kingdom greater than you've ever known. You are a get-or-done girl. You are an idea factory. You got, you, you got more ideas than 15 lifetimes could ever accomplish. But God's going to help you sort through every one of those. And he's going to show you specific areas where he will direct you to invest. And at times you have felt like you've invested, but you haven't seen the fruit from it. But God is going to show you the fruit from the investments of your words, your prayers, your giving, your life, your spirit alone. I just met you, what, two weeks ago? If that, yeah. If it's even been that long. But I saw it. I saw on you a champion, an extraordinary person with a heart that God can use. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. Thank you Pam. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Seal it in her today, God. Seal it in her, God. Let her see herself like you see her. Let her see herself like you see her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave everybody here in a prayer. I'm going to leave everybody here in a prayer. I want us all to pray this together. And if you're here today... Or if you're online and you have never said forever yes to Jesus, if you've never asked him to come into your heart and be your Lord, to cleanse you of your sins, he wants that today. He loves you. Heaven was made for you. Hell was made for the devil. But when people don't make a decision for Jesus, they go to hell. But it's over the dead body of Jesus and over the resurrection of Jesus that they go because he never wanted that. He never wanted that. He never wanted that. His love is so great. So great. So let's just all pray this together today. Father, in Jesus' name, I admit that I have sinned. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead to give me a new life. Right now, today, I say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart and be my Lord. And I thank you for it. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Let's just praise you. Hallelujah. 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 God's given me the name Sandra. And sometimes what that means is, some, I don't know if those there's anybody here named Sandra. But if you're praying for somebody named Sandra or online, your name is Sandra. If you're praying for somebody named Sandra right now, we're sending the word to Sandra. In Jesus' name, we're sending the word to Sandra. Devil, take your hands off of Sandra. In Jesus' name, we bring 
release her. For that which God has planned for her life. Touch her body, Lord, and that pain and heal her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you've got pain in your body anywhere today, I'm not going to let anybody just stand here and see. If you've got pain in your body anywhere, anyway, let's see. God, we just send your word. We send your word. We send your word. We send the healing power of Jesus right now. And we say, pain, be gone. Whatever's causing it, be healed. In Jesus' name and by Jesus' stripes. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I send your word and I curse pain and its cause. And I say total and perfect health in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I send the word into Alan right now. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Every pain, every tightness, every muscle, every nerve, every area of his body that has been affected in the name of Jesus. I send the word into it. The resurrection life of Jesus into every cell. Be restored in Jesus' name. And pain be gone. Be gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Doris, I pray concerning that legal situation. She got swindled. How old are you, How old are you Doris? How old are you? Up there canceling it. Thank God. I already answered that prayer. How old is Doris? She's 91 years old and she got scammed by some solar people. She ended up signing something for, what, $20,000? And she didn't even know what she was signing. But thank God we've been praying Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Uh, here, let me let wait a minute. Let me get you a microphone. You've heard the word of God today enough that if you can receive what you've heard. And act upon it. You can change this whole world. You can change everything. So I want to give you a, a kind of a, not a spiritual, but a, a, a natural illustration. Years ago, I was 27 years old. I carried a new job. I got into printing. I was a printer. And I became a Marion County Deputy Sheriff. Now, I don't know if you can look at me, but I'm not a fighter. I didn't fight when I was young. I didn't fight when I was a printer. I became a deputy sheriff. The day I became the deputy sheriff, the moment the sheriff had me raise his hand, I didn't have authority, but he had me raise his hand, and he deputized me and gave me the authority he had. I went into bars where everybody was fighting. I couldn't whip nobody. I went into bars where everybody was fighting with this on my shirt. I said, shut up and sit down. They shut They shut up and they sat down. 
I went in a situation. They have a, what they call a stake pit at the Indianapolis 500 where every heathen in Indiana would go. And they would all be drunk and they would all do this. And, and they would sit me on the side, go in and stop all this. Are you kidding me? Have you ever tried to stop 300 drunks at one time? And you can't whip one of them, but you got to stop 300. But I had authority. And I'll tell you, I when I did this, I didn't go in there and say, I, I think I got authority. I'll see if this works. I, I mean, I, would, I said, I mean, shut up, punk. Sit down. Yes, sir. You've got authority. And if you can recognize the death, yeah, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't raise the dead. You can't cancel out cancer. But he can. And when I went in the name of the sheriff of Marion County, I did things. He couldn't be everywhere. But I did things I would never do. You've heard enough of the word of God and your mouth. And I hope, I know with me, uh, when I've heard Pastor Pam speaking today, I'm changing a lot of the words that I say. I'm running around with people who speak words that encourage me to speak the right words. You know, I seen a person today, a nurse, she was on the thing and she was bringing down, uh, they fired her because she wouldn't get a vaccination. And what she was saying was pretty good, but she threw in her conversation words with F and this and I would have put it on my screen so people could, but she, she said, chose, in all the good she did, she chose a few wrong words and I yeah. couldn't put it out. Yeah. In all the good you're doing, you're doing good, but it's the wrong words that are destroying the harvest. Amen. Anyway. Amen. I, I feel impressed to pray for one more thing and then we'll be dismissed. Um, we talked about the scripture today about choosing life for you and your seed. If you've got children that are not where you wish they were with God, or grandchildren, or in my case, great-grandchildren even, I mean, if you have family members that are not right with God, I want you to lift your hand. We're just going to release our faith for these family members. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we send the word to our families, God. We choose life for our seed. We choose life and we speak blessing. We speak life and blessing over our families. We call them in in Jesus' name. We break the power of Satan over them. You will not have our families. In Jesus' name, every one of our descendants, we decree they'll go to heaven, not hell. God, just touch our families. Touch our families. You promise household salvation. And, Lord, time is running out. Jesus, we believe you're coming soon. And we want to see our families, and you want to see them even more than we do, right with you. And so right now we just pray and just kind of whisper their names to hear to God as, as, you're, as, as we're in this atmosphere of faith. We call them in. We call them in in Jesus' name. We sever any plans that are are not in accordance with your plan for their life in Jesus' name. We bind it. 
We break it in the name of Jesus and we release them into your presence and your calling and your power, Lord Jesus. And we give you praise and thanksgiving for it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I, uh, I, I wanted to share a testimony from a lady that was here on a Wednesday night when I ministered and, um, her name's Kathy, and the, the other Kathy, I say, well, I have two Kathys. The other Kathy, um, she was sitting right back about there, I think, on the fourth row, and, and I was kind of walking around, and God was giving me specific things in the spirit. And when I walked by her, I heard God's doing something in your blood, her blood. And so I turned to her and I said, Kathy, God's doing something in your blood. Do you have a, a situation in your blood? And she said, yes, I do. I have leukemia. And so I said, well, God is touching you tonight. Just laid, laid hands on her real quickly. That was on Wednesday night. The following Wednesday night, she was back, and it just so happened that she had a, a doctor's appointment in between those two Wednesdays. And when she went in, they did her tests and told her she was cancer-free. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just believe for more and more and more outpouring of your spirit and power and glory. And this week, God, as we go forth, let us shine, Jesus, wherever we go. Give us the harvest. Open our eyes and our mouths, Lord, to share your word and to reap the precious harvest of souls that we pass by every day, God, and to heal the sick, raise the dead, whatever it is, God. We are just yours. We are available, and we long to do your will. In Jesus' name, I just bless all of you. Have a marvelous week, and thank you so much for being here. Praise God. We had three first-time visitors, Gary and Connie and Victoria. Yes, so praise God for that. And so glad to have... Kathy and Jr. back and, and you back out in circulation again. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Kim and Alan. Oh my goodness. It's always a joy when we get to have you. And Doris is a first time visitor too. Yeah.